All right, I'm ready if you are. Yeah, I just need a little test audio. No. All right, good enough. Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the only Survivor podcast that doesn't do this twice in a row. That does such a bad Boston dialect, they take it again? Yeah. I'm your host, Stephen Levine, with my co-host, Jared Sheldon. Jared, how's your Boston dialect? Awful, as we've experienced from several episodes, and none more in the future until All-Stars. We still have one Boston dialect in the show, though. Igor? Yeah. I don't think that's Boston. It's Boston. I think that's Long Island. Remember we had the same, we had the discussion that they were both from Massachusetts? No. Okay, hold on. Don't make me check this. I'm going to check this. I swear he's from like Long Island or something. <laughs> You're right. From College Point, New York. I was going to say, that is not a Boston dialect. Ah, uh, whatever. Some Eastern garbage. <laughs> what's going on, Jared? What's, what's new with you? I am currently looking up a very important fact. Okay. Give you all the time in the world. It's not like we're recording anything. It's important for the podcast. <laughs> okay. I'm doing good. This is the drunk cast. Woo! Woohoo! I shouldn't have said anything. It just seemed like if people commented. I've started the Instagram, but it will not go live until we have a backlog of memes. Steven has to create a bunch of memes in the next week, so... It's true. And Steven's internet... Is not doing so hot right yeah, now. Yeah, Steven, you want to talk about that? Yeah, I have tried just about everything in the book to fix my internet. I am now going through and buying things, which is the thing that you don't want to do. If things just, like, cut off and my internet just stopped working one day, it would have been so much easier to diagnose a problem. Yeah. However, it has been slowly degrading over the past week and a half. Same. And- <laughs> And so I don't know what the problem is. My best estimate right now is that the bandwidth is... The speed is fine, but the bandwidth is so small that only one device works. Whether that be on Wi-Fi or a wired connection, that's insanity. And I replaced the router, and that didn't do the trick. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to replace my modem, and I'm going to replace a coax cable, and at that point... I can blame my ISP, which told me it was not their fault. I'm hoping it's a coax cable. I am really hoping that. Because that's a super cheap fix. I have an extra one somewhere. I mean, coax cable is like five bucks for 60 feet. Maybe the real coax cable was the friends you made along the way. It's not true. (laughs) We have a big episode. Do you want to jump into it right away? Do you have any emails? I do have emails. Yes. I was going to skip past it because internet, but... I forget, I have a phone and can look That's at true. it right here. Maybe a little choppy. Missing than... Carl. No? Mm, he sent us an email before he went on his travels? Hold on, thought. Hey! Starting with our emails. If you want to email us, feel free to do that. You can email us at SurvivorTVT at gmail.com. Or you can send us other ways with Twitter, at SurvivorTVT, on Reddit, u slash SurvivorTVT. Lots of different ways to get in contact Eventually with us. Instagram, but it will be Survivor Turning Back Time. The full thing, because Survivor TBT was taken. Oh, is it really? Mm. Hold on. I might have to check if that's me or not. I hate you. (laughs) If it is, I think that's funny. I hate you so much. Anyway. (laughs) Emails. 
Josh sends us a couple emails. Wrapping up from last week, Gina has the most confessionals of any pre-merger. So that's, that's kind of cool. Whoa. Yeah. That's wild. I love when people go through and graph these Me confessionals. Because it's such good data, but most of it is random bullshit. Well, it makes sense because she's the, the opposition voice in her tribe. And then somebody, the person that gets like the biggest bump from the tribe swap. Uh-huh. Those are very unique circumstances. Yeah. And it says, Propes definitely had a huge crush on Gina at the time. Huh. So, I mean, that could have something to do with it. Good. Time for the annual tradition of being surprised that someone gets voted out early in his original season. Yep. Any surprise? That, no, we won't talk about it. We're gonna. Wait. I was very surprised. Yeah. Also, the quarantine questionnaires are all automated, which is why they didn't ask about the murders from Gabe's questionnaire. Remember when his, oh, his friend got murdered? Oh, yeah. They sent it was like a form to fill out. So he yeah. had to, yeah. That so makes sense. It's just a form, and so there is no follow up. And EW reporter Dalton Ross has been reporting on the show forever, so he probably has a tiny bit of pull in the show. Makes sense. From Carl. Carl's comments, O'Hare edition. O'Hare edition. Carl's yeah. a local. Carl's, well, Carl was flying out of O'Hare. Car- Carl, let's let's comment when when you get back. We might we should get a drink. Anyway, see, I think Gabe did make a choice, and it was to shrink alliances entirely. He was aware of the consequences. His elimination isn't remotely a blindside. That's why his vote off mm. is so symbolic because his choice not to do alliances immediately got him eliminated, which wouldn't have happened in season one. I, I no, I don't think Gabe's vote off is a blindside, but I do think it is. Yeah, I don't think he made a choice. I think he was hoping to stay out of the quote unquote drama of alliances, and then that's not an option at this point anymore. Yeah. The chain is goofy as hell, but I love it. It's like Jeff is a football ref checking to see if row two got the first down. Jesus Christ. Don't even start with We need a measurement. We need a measurement. Boger over there fucking calling pass interference on nothing. Yeah. Jared has a very special relationship with football refs. If I know the name of the football ref, they are bad at their job. (laughs) Except for Ed Hockley, because the only reason I knew his name was because he was the muscle hamster. Big biceps honkily. Yes. He was actually good at his job. But every other ref I know their name, it's because they're fucking garbage. <laughs> I I laugh. I am a football ref, so I just sit next to Jared and I'm like, please please don't hate me. Yeah, I bitch about the refs and Steven's like, I, this is my job. Yeah. <laughs> I understand why they said that. Remember the time that? That, I, that I said, give me Adam Thielen's number so I can call him a bitch? Yeah, and then I told you no. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Please? No. Okay. He's not even going to be on the Vikings next year, so it doesn't matter. He's going to move on. He still has followed the Aaron Rodgers school of complain to the refs in order to get preferential treatment. And it doesn't work. It doesn't work when you're a Vikings player. Moving on. Moving on. They don't show Nalia, Gabe, and Pascal's relationship as much as they should have, in my opinion. They highlight Nalia-Pascal relationship, but they were more like a threesome out there. Nalia and Gabe even had a thing. Oh. I sort of understand it, though, because Mara Amu is the one who's getting people voted off that whole time, and then they tribe swap. So, like, yeah, like, we didn't get to see them reconnect. Like, I think if Gabe had survived past the merge, Mm. then we would have seen a lot more of it early. Yeah. Also comments on Gina's confessionals. Had 37 confessionals, which... That's so many! (laughs) At least, as of a couple years ago, was the most ever pre-merger. That's so many. Crazy. So crazy. Jeff's dick moment is the title of this section. Nani? (laughs) 
it's a widely circulated story that after Gina was voted out and the cameras were off, Jeff just laid into the Mara Amus. Him and Gina were sweet on each other for a minute. Don't think they ever actually dated. And he apparently spent minutes just yelling and insulting the Mara Amus for giving her false hope. Source, a different Survivor podcast run by a former writer who was one of the bigger names covering Survivor at the time. That's fucked. If that's the case, thank you for citing your source. That's some good journalistic work there. But man. Better than us. (laughs) And can't wait for the reaction after this episode. And finally, Tyler. Tyler, Gina became a jewelry designer and actually made the necklace that Jeff wore on season 19. Oh my god. She also survived breast cancer in 2017. Oh, cool. Yeah. And can't wait for this week's episode. Okay, so everyone's just <laughs> waiting for me to just yell, is yeah. what I'm hearing. Yeah. Which, hey, I, that's fine. That's cool. So why, let's just cut the crap and get straight to the yelling, shall we? Steven, With, you know what we must do. Wait, what? You know what we must do. What must I do, Jared? To the bumper! Alright, so this episode came out on April 11th of 2002. Uh, Only a couple things happened in this week between episodes. The first of which is Lane Staley, American rock singer and guitarist of Alice in Chains, dies at 34. Hmm. So uh, Alice in Chains was changed forever. And there was an attempted coup d'etat against Hugo Chavez. Did not succeed. <laughs> the number one song was still the number one song that we have been talking about since the beginning of this season, and we will talk more about it when it changes. Remind me what that was again. That was Ain't It Funny by Jennifer Lopez and Ja Rule. Ja Rule. Which I believe holds the record to this day of the longest song at number one on the charts. I, th- I think I read somewhere, comma, citation needed. The top five movies for April 11th of 2002... Number five is National Lampoon's Van Wilder. Oh, wild. Which I think is the last of the National Lampoon's movies. That sounds about right. Yeah. Don't, don't they make another Van Wilder movie? Maybe. Isn't there like a second, They're or maybe. at least a spinoff? I mean, this one doesn't even seem very good, but at that point, they kind of just fade into obscurity. The Rookie is at number four. Nice. Ice Age has fallen to number three. <gasps> I'm not. I'm going to talk about number two in depth in a second, and then Panic Room is number one. Right, we talked about that. Which is wild that it's overtaken Ice Age, but Ice Age has been out longer, so I guess it makes sense. Number two is called High Crimes. Is it a marijuana? No, that would be good. That would be funny. That would be good. It sounds like a... What, what are the people that go to White Castle? Harold and Kumar. Harold and Kumar. It sounds like something that would happen to them. Yeah. This is a Morgan Freeman movie. Whoa! But it's bad. Oh. It has a 6.3 on IMDb and a 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. Interesting. A happily married, successful lawyer, played by Ashley Judd, is shocked to learn that her husband, Jim Caviezel, has a hidden past as a classified military operative and is accused of committing a heinous war crime as she prepares to defend her husband in a top-secret military court where none of the rules she knows so well apply, she gets help from a wild card, Morgan Freeman, a former military attorney who doesn't play by anyone's rules. Interesting. It's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen it? No, but looking at the reviews, it's terrible. Okay. All right. Good to know. And that is what happened in the week of April 11th, 2002. All right. Then let us move forward with episode seven, True Lies. The merge episode. The the merge episode. Everyone's lying to each other's face, and we're going to get to the bottom of it, damn it. (sighs) I love Rob. (laughs) I love Rob the game player. (laughs) So, 
We open this episode. Mana Amu is sad, is depressed. We're down to three people. The crazy thing to me is that, that Kathy is like, if we lose another challenge, they're going to vote me off. And I'm like, Kathy, it's the merge. Like, even if you don't, you weren't given a date of the merge, like, come the fuck on. There's three of you. There's <laughs> no way they're going to let this continue. We'll talk about that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I I would love to have some insight into all the stupid shit I say uh-huh. that people know is stupid shit. Because to me, it all makes sense. <laughs> but I have no foresight. No, we love the hot takes. Continue with the hot takes. Okay. <laughs> or just, like, go with what you believe in. Because that's what we're doing. Three right? people is too, is too few for a tribe. <laughs> As they're just, like, walking around collecting things, they stumble over a skull and ribs. Yes, so I, I do want to say first, something I, I commented to you, Stephen, off mic, but uh-huh. I want to say on mic as well, is that Jeff's really gotten his shit together yes. in the episodes. We had talked before in seasons one, two, and three of, like, Jeff not really being Jeff yet. At this point, Jeff is Jeff. I love that we're just, like, skipping past the human remains. We're going to get to that. Okay. But this was the beginning of the episode when I commented sure, on this. So I wanted true. to say it before we move past it. Okay. Now let's get to the human remains. Well, no. Good for Jeff. Jeff is Jeff is Jeffic really well. Someone plugged him in way before this, this day started. So he has his battery and will be fully functional for the entire day. <laughs> Jeff is the first electric vehicle. <laughs> anyway, human remains. Human remains. <laughs> They say it's a pie pie, which uh, they say is a, a ceremonial site, possibly sacrifice or cannibalism. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. That's what I was looking up before this episode started. Sure. A lot of the time that it is claimed that especially islands, but not exclusively, uh, were cannibals, it is a racism. It of is usually... It yeah. That is not always the case. Like, I, I know the story of the name I've forgotten, but the first explorer who found Antarctica or, like, mapped Antarctica... Mm-hmm was coming back to Fiji mm-hmm. on his return trip because American sailors had been captured and eaten. And that was actually, like, that was not a racism. That was something they did to make sure that outsiders didn't fuck around because the cannibalism was the find out. <laughs> so I looked it up, and cannibalism, many contemporary historians believe, was likely a rare form of ceremonial human sacrifice in the Marquesas and died out by the 20th century. So... The odds of this actually being a cannibalism site, incredibly slim. Hugely unlikely. Because the, that would be, mean the bones at that point are over 100 years old. And sitting there. Yeah. With how exposed they were, they would have been weathered far more than they actually were. Exactly. So, probably not an act of cannibalism. No. <laughs> Someone probably just died there. Which, still disturbing. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that the body... Wa- like, you could arrange the body post-mortem or post-things that decompose and it's just the bones. Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely, that's you could do that. And maybe there's a, a ceremonial right to that when you come across human remains and you're like, oh, I want to pay reverence to this. I don't know. Anyway, dead people. Why did they show us this? Why did they find this? Why did they not scout this out ahead of time? I, it, more interesting to me is that they found this weeks after the show had started true like they they hadn't stumbled upon this in at least two weeks we had seen mara amu go on extended hikes uh-huh. up until this point so maybe they were pretty far from camp sure but either way 
wild. Yeah. And reminds you that unless this is some crazy fringe case where like the producers were like, let's put some fake bones here, which I don't believe. People lived in these places. Yeah. Like we're putting a reality show in places and making it like, can you survive in a place that people just like lived and vibed for hundreds of years? Can you survive where these people are already hanging out and <laughs> the resort is right next door? No, it's Fiji. We're not oh, there okay. yet. Okay. Over at row two, John's talking about how he's going to catch a pig. He's pointing up to the sky. He's like, there's one right there. I'm going to catch that pig. And we, we smash cut to Rob. Boss and Rob. This tribe is a bunch of morons. <laughs> I fucking hate this tribe. He's right. And Rob then talks about how he's at a roadblock. He's, he's, he sure is. He's tried so many things. He's gone up one side of the mountain. He's gone up the other side of the mountain. So now he's going to dig a hole right through it. And Jared, what does that mean? I lost the analogy. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> to me, you, know, you know what it does mean? It means that he's fucking trying. Yeah. It means that he knows he's on the outs and not in a power position, and he's going to fucking try to do something about it. That's, and he fails. That's what I was going to say, is that he he's going to take things into his own hands. Yeah. He's going to put pressure on people, and that's what he does. That's what we see in the entire episode, is so much pressure. On so many different people. Also, we're at day 19. Uh-huh. We're so much farther in the season than I feel like we are. But also, hey, look, no one's, like, dying. I said I'd stop talking about it, and I promise I will. <laughs> but that's, I think that's part of why, the only reason I'm bringing it back up again is because I think that's part of the reason why it doesn't feel like day 19 yet. It's because I'm like, oh, nobody's a withered husk of a human being that can no longer function. Everyone's doing okay like it's still hard it's still challenging especially on their mental state yeah but nobody is a withered husk at this point thank god <laughs> other than me nobody else is a withered husk well i mean the light left my eyes decades ago <laughs> and then we get tree mail it, they they say it's a reward and they say to select one person from your tribe that <laughs> that will wear long sleeves and pants and follow a map. Why did they have to wear long sleeves and pants? I think it's just because they wanted them protected from the elements. Okay. I don't know why they had to specify that. It's weird. They could have just had the camera person say that when they're getting ready. Like, hey, yeah. put on some pants. You're about to walk through brush and maybe poison ivy. I don't know. It was weird. Bugs. It was weird. Until you said it again, I, I completely forgot that happened. Because it's just not a thing. <laughs> It's not important to what they're about to go do. It's, it's not, but they make a big show of it because yeah. the people who do get selected, well, at least one of them, they have to show him putting pants on. They have to show him putting on long sleeves. For an episode where a lot happens, this episode also has a lot of filler. Yeah. This is my favorite part of the whole episode, though, because the Row 2 tribe is like, all right, who wants to do it? And then they stare at each other for a good 30 seconds. Fucking stupid. And then Rob, Boston Rob's like, all right, I'll do it. Yeah. And like, that way, I was like, why are you just all abdicating to Boston Rob? And like, I guess it doesn't end up mattering because he gets voted off. But <laughs> what, like, y'all, you are in the, like, Boston Rob is on the bottom of your tribe. Hmm. Why are you just being like, all right, go ahead and go do the challenge for us? They are so afraid of a second switch. The four are so afraid of a second switch. They don't want to be knocked out of a power position. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Even from the four of their perspective, like, you can't guarantee you'd be knocked out of a power position. 
especially if you had made a bond with Pascal and Nalia, mm -hmm. you could very well be in a better position than you were on row two. Yeah. So anyway, everyone's playing it way too safe. And what I appreciate about Boston Rob is that he takes some fucking risk. Yeah. Maybe too much risk, but he takes we'll get some there. risk. <laughs> yeah. So he, he puts on his pants, he puts on his shirt, and everyone sends him off to school. <laughs> it's cute. They pack him a PB&J. And then they, they show him walking and show him kind of following a map. He does look very lost when he's doing this, yeah. though. They don't dwell on it, but I think he's definitely lost. I think the camera crew is like, it's over there. Go that way. Go right. Go over there. <laughs> and then they show, they show Rob and Kathy kind of like meeting and then following the same path, but at a distance. Like, they, they clearly had to stop them from walking and then tell them, all right, now you're both going to walk okay, at no the go. same pace, yeah. but six feet apart from each other. This is pre-COVID. This is, this is social distancing in the year 2002. Yeah. And then Jeff says, hey, you're at a Kamuahai. I wrote it down, so I hope that's correct. Okay. And it is, you, you're going to be here. This is a, a place where people made made deals there was it was a meeting place this is a tua a tua tagalavoya tua tungavailoa tungalavoya i don't remember his name tua tungavailoa tua the dolphins quarterback he was my quarterback for the whole fantasy season you had to stare at that name i had to stare at that name and his mashed potato brains <laughs> that man should never play football again agreed anyway <laughs> they have met at this tua and they are going to it's the merge we're doing ambassadors again. Ambassadors. We haven't done it since season one. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. So. You guys... And, you know, in season one, we had Sean trying to sleep with Jenna. Now I guess we'll have Boston Rob trying to sleep with Kathy. Other way around. Kathy trying to sleep with Boston Rob. Correct. Kathy was all in on He's like, oh, this young buck oh, here. This young buck. Mm. And Boston Rob's like, how bad do I need this vote? <laughs> so they sit down. They have to pick the name of the tribe. They have to make a flag. And they're while they're doing this, they're delighted with pizza. Lots of pizza. Yep. And 30 Coors Light. Now, I don't know if I could get drunk off 30 Coors Light, but most people could. Yes, you could. I know. Over the course of one evening, you would be shmammered. It is water. You know, it's piss water. Yeah, it's... It's water that pretends to be alcohol, but... Yeah. I love... This is my favorite thing about advertising in shows. Yeah. Because they have to open the, the cooler, yeah. and of course all the labels are facing toward the camera. So some intern somewhere had to sit there and, like, arrange all of the cans so that the label is facing. It's like stocking shelves, but to the worst degree. <laughs> stocking shelves but if you do it wrong you get yelled at by a marketing director and you have to do more takes <laughs> go do more work correct gross yeah and then kathy says i'm gonna pound beers i don't know why i give her the boss yeah kathy becomes boston yeah well she's trying to hey i'm gonna pound beers and eat pizza with this young buck mm. get some young fuck smoochies and then then we get some gameplay here rob kind of tries to put Kathy... He sees his opportunity, and he tries to put Kathy on edge. I wrote down here that Rob sees the game for what it is. He's like, yeah, people are going to lie, and I don't know what side I'm going to take on this conflict yet, but I'm going to create a conflict. Mm -hmm. 
and it, it fucks him over. But I don't think the result would have been different if he hadn't done this. With Kathy winning immunity. Sure. He tells Kathy that the four that are grouped up on his tribe, now everyone's tribe, mm-hmm. they were planning to get out you on this first vote. Mm-hmm. And I think he says the five. I think he puts Vesepia in that too. Does he? I don't remember that. Anyway. Either way, yeah. And they do. In, in previous episode, they talk about how that seven is bonded. Yeah. Now, n- everyone sees that for a lie, and no one is, like, committed to it. Rob sees that as a lie, but he can pretend he doesn't see it as a lie. Correct. Yeah. I mean, what was said, he is telling the truth. Yes. However, yep. he knows that it's not true. Uh-huh. He knows he's in the hot seat. Yep. So he's going to go after it. I love it. It's beautiful. And so he's trying to get Kathy to... Make a pact with him. We're gonna we're gonna ride or die to the end, baby. You me. I mean, we know how this ends up, but yeah. Had this not gone this way, had you convinced anyone to go along with it, do you think they would do well, or is this it's, destined for failure? I don't think it's destined for failure. I think his biggest mistake is is giving up on Vesepia, because in the beginning of the episode he talks about how like. Oh, I don't like Vesepia. She's, you know, she's wishy-washy. She's going to go with the winning tribe or whatever. Mm-hmm. If you keep Vesepia and you communicate better with Kathy, because Kathy votes for Zoe, you end up with a 5-5. Five, five. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how that 5-5 five, five ends up. It's better than the end result for Boston Rob. Got a good point. Yeah. I. It's funny, because I, I, I love the game that Boston Rob is playing. It's so fun to watch. The problem is... With Rich, he had everything locked in. Sure. Boston Rob's playing so many sides that his the people that he can convince to be on his side are not all on the same page. Fair. I mean, he doesn't have the numbers to lock in anything. But the fact that Kathy didn't vote for the same person as him is a big mistake. Yeah. Like, that is somebody that you should have in your corner, and it shows a little bit of sloppiness on his part. Mm. So yeah, they they sit, they chat all night, and Kathy is feeling a little deal with the devilish. It's like I may be writing my own death death certificate. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I want to keep slipping into the Boston dialect. It's kind of fun. <laughs> it is. We have no more reason to go into it, but yes. And then we get into this weird bedtime scene where yeah. like they have their own separate bedding, but they're sleeping under the same mosquito nets, and they're like. Keep your pants on, is Rob says to Kathy. And then we immediately show Kathy taking her pants off. No, I thought Kathy asked if she could take her pants off. Either way, there was some hesitation on Rob. That's true. Like, don't, please don't take your pants off. And then she does. Please, please, please don't. Let's not. And they continue the conversation. And and Rob's like, are you going to remember this in the morning? The things that we talked about? Are you drunk enough that this is... You don't want to tom it up, you know? Only Tom can Tom it up. It's true. But I, I wrote down here that Kathy just became very important, which was wrong. But I was like, oh, Kathy's now kind of like the hinge if she can bring Pascal and Leah in with her, which, once again, comments to Rob's sloppiness. Like, you have spent this ambassador retreat, which is a blessing, uh-huh. frankly. You could have gotten an ally, and you could have gotten two more if she could have convinced Nolia and Pascal. Mm-hmm. But you didn't do it right like you caused chaos but you didn't point that chaos in any specific direction sure yeah chaotic neutral (laughs) sure (laughs) 
<laughs> roll uh, roll a 20. D20. Move on. No, I want to see you roll a D20. You don't have one on you. I don't. Actually, little did you know, I always have an emergency D20 on me. I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest. It'd be a good bit. It would be a good bit. Jared and I went to a bar once where we had to roll a D20 <laughs> for shots. And wouldn't you know it... We rolled Malort! We rolled a nat 1, which was Malort. Which, in my defense, because I'm the one that rolled the nat 1, we asked first if we could each roll our own die, and they said no. That's true. <laughs> they said, you're taking the same shot. I just think it's funny. Malort is will just haunt us forever. Correct. It's the way it is. Anyway, they fast forward through the night, and they show up at the Madamu camp. And say, all right, you have five minutes to get all your stuff onto this raft and go. Yeah, so did they vote to go to the Rotu camp? We don't know. We I, don't know. Yeah. They don't say. If they did, I, uh, we both said, and you said specifically to me, that is a mistake. That's fucking stupid. You have so much more food at Mara Amu. Correct. And the water situation is good enough. It doesn't make any sense to go to the Rotu camp. Yeah. Especially because Mara Amu stole all your stuff. Like, you have less to take over there. If you have a choice, you go to the Mata Amu camp. The only reason I can imagine that they ended up at the Rotu camp was Boston Rob giving that up to Kathy mm -hmm. to win favor. Which could have happened. Maybe. I wish you could have seen it if it did. I think it was a production decision. I, I, think I it, kind of agree. I think it's easier to move three people than it is to move seven. Yeah. Especially because it looks like they swam there. Yeah. <laughs> they did. They threw everything on a raft, and then they had to swim the raft over to the other camp, which sounds like a pain in the ass. Look, it looked horrible. I don't know how far that swim was, but it, it would take a far long enough. time. <laughs> Big yikes. <laughs> and they named themselves after the Sacred Allegiance to the Sun. Yes, the tribe is now named Soliantu. which, I don't know, I kind of like the name. It's, I do, too. It's fun. It's yeah. a little more over the top than you necessarily needed it to be. Yeah. The name meaning. I, I like the name. I yeah. think the name meaning is a little, like, intense. <sighs> they must give them, like, a dictionary or something. Because, like, we've now had four seasons in a row of, like, them having different localized names for the Merge tribe. They don't just know that offhand. You don't think Kathy knows that off the top of her head? No. I bet Kathy studied a book of all of this and was like, this is my opportunity. This is it. If you had told me episode one that Kathy makes it longer than Boss and Rob, I would have thrown you out this window. <laughs> I would have yeeted you out this third story window. <laughs> so we get them, we get everyone in the same camp, and the first thing we really get is, one... Kathy being aloof in her own words. Yes. She's being aloof. She's kind of keeping a distance from everyone because she doesn't trust anyone. And then we get a little segment about Limo Rob, Igor. <laughs> Real men don't wear pink. Yeah. He's upset that the buff is pink. How fucking insecure do you have to be? I think the pink buff looks badass. It looks great. I kind of want a pink buff. How insecure do you have to be in your masculinity to be like, oh, it's a girl color. Igor levels. Igor levels. Right now, if you told me to, like, wear a dress in public as a bit, I would do it. Because it's funny. And it would be a fun time. And I'm very confident <laughs> in my own, like, in who I am. Like, how insecure is Igor? And whatever other men on the tribe think that, to be like, Oh, but people, I don't like the pink color. I wouldn't do it because it was funny. If someone paid me to do it, I'd be like, yeah, sure. But it's not me. Sure. So therefore, I wouldn't 
do it. But I wouldn't have a problem with it. If someone was like, hey, do this for a show, as long as the man in a dress is not the the butt of the joke. Well, sure. I'm I'm six foot one and hairy, so it's always funny to see someone like me in a dress that does not belong in one. Because it's not me. Correct. There you go. That's the bit. <laughs> anyway, yeah, people people are upset about pink. Dumb. Dumb. It's so dumb. It made you so mad. And everyone goes splish splashy at the waterfall. And then here's where Kathy starts the crisis mode. Yup. Kathy starts pushing Pascal and starts really trying to wrangle everyone and figure out where she stands. And I don't think she knows, even post this conversation and later on, she doesn't know who's lying to her. She doesn't know who's on her side. As of right now, she feels like she is alone. Yeah. And she can't trust a damn soul. And then while this happens, there's a slow, smoky slow-mo over John. I don't know why. It's to set up that he's, I don't know, in control or the villain in this segment. (laughs) I don't know. It's weird. We sit down. With Boss and Rob, Zoe, and Kathy. This conversation was fucking insane. Well, actually, I want to say a couple things before this. So first of all, Tammy came to play. Because we have a, a confessional of Tammy being like, uh, or like letting out what her what her game plan mm-hmm. is. And I hope we get to see more of her. Because we've gotten very little of her up to this point in the season. And clearly, she is not somebody that's just going to go quietly into that good night. Yeah, and then this scene. This, this fucking scene... What the fuck was this? This is Rob trying to put someone on blast. Someone being Zoe. Because he publicly feuds with John. But I feel like his biggest rival and the biggest one to call him on his shit is Zoe. Well, she's the strongest man in the tribe, according to Rob. (laughs) Yeah. They sit down and Rob's like, hey, who are you guys voting for? And... Kath is like, I don't, I don't know who I'm voting for. I don't, I don't know that I feel safe. And then Zoe's like, None of your damn business who I'm voting for. Rob. Yeah, yeah. Like, shit. And shit. And man. then Rob gets into, well, wait, Zoe. I thought you said that the seven of us were tight, and we're gonna vote off the three of them. Like pointing at Kathy. Yeah, we're gonna vote them out. The one right there. You know, the one right next to us. The one who can hear everything. The one that I'm bringing into this conversation. I am hoping that when we see Rob again in All Stars. Because I know we will. <laughs> How dare you jump the gun? How do you know that? Come on. He's the most entertaining <laughs> person of the season. That's why uh, he's back on All-Stars. Uh, yes. I hope that he learns some degree of subtlety. Because this is a little too ham-fisted. I, listen, I will take this over the season one survivors of the world every single day. But it's not going to work. So I'd rather see him do stuff that works. He is trying everything, man. Throw everything at the wall, see what sticks. Yeah. So yeah, they duke it out for a while. It, this scene goes on for longer than I thought comfortable. And I, well, I mean, for moment one, I was uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. And it just keeps going, and I continue to get uncomfortable. And then Kathy, feeling the vibe for all of us, just like, I'm out. <laughs> gets up, goes away, jumps into the waterfall. <laughs> She's like, face... She has that moment where she just kind of, like, stands at the water's edge and fully clothed, just, like, goes face first into the water. Kathy does the survivor equivalent of opening up the passenger side door of a vehicle and just rolling out. <laughs> She's like, nope, fuck this, jumping in the waterfall, Bye. not doing this. 
And it's so funny. I don't know why that section is so funny, but it is to me. I mean, it's straight up mob boss shit. Yeah. And be like, Zoe, here's the person you told me we were going to whack. She's right there. Right there. We're going to take her out? We're going to whack her? We're going to whack her? You're going to come with me and we're going to figure this out? We're going to, we're going to upper whack her? Lower whack her? That's a Chicago joke for any of you out there. That's for you, Carl. Yeah. (laughs) Flying out of hair. I love, though, because while Kathy is jumping into the water fully clothed, this is like a full-on Eleven from Stranger Things moment, because she just kind of like lays there, <laughs> eyes closed. Deprivation tank? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's great. And then comes to the conclusion, I need immunity. I am not safe. Fucking duh! I mean, I understand there are people who feel more safe than others, but like, once you're past the merge, you always need immunity. Yeah. Get that first immunity. Yeah. Although it does put some people in a bad spot when they win that first immunity. Interesting. That hasn't happened so far. I mean, it's it's the ones who look like a challenge beast. Fair enough. And they win the first immunity. Okay, but nobody's going to think of Kathy as a fucking challenge beast. No. Fucking the, the woman who ruined three team challenges <laughs> on her own. Challenge beast. <laughs> so, smash cut to the immunity challenge. I do want to talk about first... Since when do we start calling Igor General? It's been around for a while. I This is the first time I've heard it, and maybe it's just because this is the first time that we've, like, had them talk about multiple Robs in an episode, mm-hmm. even though they've been on the same tribe. But why is his name General? At least the last three episodes, they've been referring to him as General. I hate it. <laughs> Partially, yes, because there is the... There's two Robs on a single tribe. Yeah. But I believe they were using it before they, they flip-flopped, just because <clears throat> of military. Was he in the military? I think so. I, think I mean, he... I guess he... But he's not a general! No, he's not a general. I don't know. Wild. Anyway, the challenge. <laughs> the challenge. This is a fun challenge. This is... As we've seen before, stand on a thing for as long as you can. However, these are floating platforms adrift from everyone else. So you are on your own 4x4-ish square floating in the ocean. It's a, this feels like a modern challenge and it is a good challenge. It is a good challenge. The kicker to this challenge though is that you are allowed to touch this platform only with your feet. If you touch it with your upper body at all, you're out. And again, this is important for later. (laughs) Yeah. So, one, I want to talk about the immunity necklace. The immunity necklace is pretty weak in this season. It's just teeth. It is. Oops, all teeth. Oops, all teeth. Like, it's not bad. It's just... It's kind of boring. It's kind of boring. It's kind of small compared to what we've seen, especially later on when they make it big and elaborate and it covers your entire chest. Title of your sex tape. Nice. Kind of weak. (laughs) Anyway. They get everyone up and then you have your initial rush of, all right, people fall off immediately. They Mm -hmm. can't make the transition into challenges on. Yeah. Which I don't know why you weren't standing up pre-challenge starting. Just stand up, be prepared, and then you don't have to, like, force your balance together when the time comes. Correct. So, Nolia, Limo Rob, Pascal, and Vesepia all fall off kind of in that initial rush. It's it's a little slower once Nolia and Limo Rob go, but those are the first four to go. Then we get into a nice section of Zoe and Rob twerking. Or, sorry, Zoe and Sean. Yes. They're, they're twerking. If you had asked me at the beginning of this challenge, who wins this challenge, I would have said Boston Rob, Kathy, or John. 
because those are the three people that are that their fates are in the balance. Sure. And this the last few episodes, but mostly this episode, have told us that. I was surprised at the result. <laughs> this challenge, though, I think is the most self-sabotage I've ever seen in a challenge. Yeah. People who are, like, throwing their balance off on purpose, losing. Yeah. Like, I think one of the people who were twerking, I think Sean goes out because of the twerking. Zoe, or maybe it was Zoe. Somebody because twerking wasn't a thing yet. No, it wasn't a thing. But they were shaking their butts. Yeah. To be funny. And they go off on that. Rob tries to reach down and splash someone else. No, I disagree. I think Boston Rob lost his balance and tried to splash the water to regain his balance without technically being eliminated. Because the the fact that the whole platform goes under the water mm-hmm. is where he loses his balance. I I don't think that that was him fucking around. I think that was him trying to find a way to save himself. I disagree. I think he was he shifted his weight so that he could bring his hand to the water, goes for the water, throws his balance off, and then touches the platform. Like, he was fine when he touched the water. We both have very strong opinions about this on I opposite know. ends. Right? Email us at SurvivorTBT yeah. at gmail.com if you think Boston Rob was trying to save himself or <laughs> if he was fucking around. Who's right? Go watch the challenge. Tell, t- tell us. And when we get to the final two, the most likely final two, Kathy and John. Oh, yeah. Sure. My two front arms for the season. <laughs> anyway... They're going back and forth, and it looks like John is clearly the more stable person here. And then, out of nowhere, John reaches down and touches a article of clothing that was on his platform between his feet. He, like, nonchalantly just, like, reaches down and touches it. It was very weird. It was very weird. And everyone just has that moment of, he... It would... I shouldn't even say that, because... Jeff was on it right away. He's yes. like, "Gum, you, you did it, you're out. You touch it, you're out. And it brings me to believe, like, we we talked about this a little bit, of did he think he was safe to touch something that was on his platform? Did he think that was okay? Because I'm not technically touching the platform? Yeah. It's weird and kind of a gray area. It's something I hope they work out in future seasons. It, I, don't, I don't know why he was allowed to have anything on that platform anyway. I mean, the only thing I can think is that he had it and then took it off. Sure. And you can't, like, if it's, like, a shirt or something, because it looked like an article of clothing. Yeah. He's not going to just, like, throw it in the ocean. Sure. And they don't want to wait for him to, like, swim it back to the beach and then come back. But it's, yeah, it's not an advantage. It's significantly a disadvantage. And there's, you're right, it didn't seem like he'd lost his balance. It just seems like he just grabbed for his sweatshirt for some reason. Yeah, I don't know. It's absolute insanity yeah so kathy wins kathy wins your first immunity challenge individual immunity challenge of the season kathy wins back against the wall kathy's here yeah good for kathy and then (laughs) then we get some insane rob confessionals yeah john he goes into it that john is going to be exposed and that no matter what happens tonight john is going to be shown for who he is in front of everyone. I'm going to put a pin in that. Okay. And remind me of that when we get to the tribal council. Sure. But I wrote down here that Sean saved Rob's ass, Boston Rob's ass, which obviously didn't happen. But when Boston Rob's confronting him, Sean gets so much more elevated than Boston Rob. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, Sean either just convinced enough people 
that can hear this, that Boston Rob is right, or made himself the target. Sure. Neither happened. Neither happened. But that's what I had anticipated at this point. Because he... Sean takes this personally. Yeah. And I, I see Sean. I understand Sean. I I can't understand what Sean has been through in his life up to this point. But being that type of, like, radical person that, like, feels slighted. Because in this case, Sean specifically is like, I am a person of color. John is a gay man. We have bonded over how hard it is to exist in society. Yeah. And now I feel like he has betrayed me. That's a deep fucking wound. And that's the thing, too, is he, he talks about how this all happened off camera. Yeah. And we had a really good conversation about this. And then this fucking happened. Which, why didn't we fucking see that? I know. Especially because it comes up here. Like, if Sean's going to reference it, why did we not put it in the previous episodes where they talked about it? Maybe the camera was, cameras weren't around at that point. He says it was like a one-on-one conversation. So, benefit of the doubt, maybe the cameras weren't there. But, yeah, like... I thought for sure Sean had become a shield for Boston Rob at that point. Mm-hmm. And then we, we we go into it. This, these three just kind of like yell at each other for a while. Vesepia yeah. is sitting over on the side and has her famous line of, this is too much drama. <sighs> Vesepia, I understand. Listen, as as someone not on a game show, <laughs> a, uh, like a fucking show about like one person winning a million dollars, I see you. Yeah. I understand you. You are on a reality show to win a million dollars. How did you not expect drama? This is before the reality show was like... A million dollars! <laughs> you're right, you're right. Play the game, baby, play the game. I don't understand how people are still surprised at people fighting for their spot to win, once again, one million dollars! And then to cap this conversation, Boss and Rob says the, the phrase that I think I've heard a couple people say now, that is the death of you. You want to vote me out, vote me out. Yeah. And then continues on. Although he but said come, that a couple times. But come to me man to man. That's yeah. true. He well, said he's, he survived it a couple times. That's fair. That's fair. It's, ne- it's never a good look. I guess no. in retrospect, if you say it, 15 of you are going to lose <laughs> the game. So, yeah, sure. Confirmation bias. Yeah. Tribal. This tribal, we were, we were expecting a lot. And it wasn't fiery. It wasn't big. There weren't so, any blow-ups. That's the thing I want to talk about. Sure. Rob says everything will be exposed about John at Tribal Council. Mm-hmm. And then proceeds to do this, like, tepid, like, talk around the issue bullshit about, like, oh, I don't need to name them, but people know who the liars are. Why the fuck are you backing down now, Rob? You just yelled at him in camp. Like, you might as well bring it up and see what happens. Mm -hmm. This is not a... This is... At this point, you have let people know who you are. You might as well put John on blast and see if he can become uglier than you are in the rest of the tribe's eyes. That's fair. I think he might have seen this as a, okay, I've done my blow up. Now it's time to be a little bit more in control. Try to make something happen but always feel like the level head, especially in front of Jeff. Or maybe that Jeff dynamic just throws everything a little bit for a loop in that <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be the big blow-up person in front of Jeff. I want to be the maniacal overlord that I can be. Maybe. I, I compare... It's so funny because the parallels between this and season one are continuous. Partially because of the environment. Mm-hmm. This is the most 
like season one as far as environment goes. But <laughs> John and Boss and Rob are very much like Rich and Greg. But like the chaotic version where neither of like John wins and he's nowhere near as good at the game as Rich is. And Boss and Rob loses, and he's nowhere near as bad at the game as Greg is. <laughs> You're not wrong. I can't argue with this. So yeah, brief overview of Tribal. Vesepi is like, oh, yeah, it's an individual game. This is my adversary now. This is my adversary now. And starts, like, touching people. I just thought that was funny. Smart. Yeah. Honest. Sean says he's fighting for his life. Agreed. Zoe does the... The gaslightiest. I'm sorry that Boss and Rob feels that way. In Zoe's defense, I don't know what else. After that conversation with her and Kathy, like I don't know what else the fuck you're supposed to say. No, who knows? And Boss and Rob says, "I need someone to look themselves in the eye and just come to terms with what you've <laughs> you've lied and all these things." Interesting moment when he says, "Jeff asked him if he lies mm -hmm. or if he has lied," and he's like, "Yeah, of course I've lied. I don't think anybody else would admit to that." I, I think the people who have... People have been lying to my face out here the whole time. Hey, Boss and Rob, uh -huh. may you be specific? I love saying, yeah, I've lied. Great. Mm -hmm. Then say, John said the seven of us are sticking together, and he lied to me. And, you know, whatever else. Vesepia said that we were Mara Amu strong, and she's lied to me. Yeah. Like call people out try to sow some derision so that i mean maybe that ends up with the same result but do a little bit more there are times to back off and this is this is monday morning quarterbacking like we know the result or i know the result when i am now saying this yep but to be like he sort of teased it like well, i'm gonna blow up everyone's game at tribal council and then he didn't didn't yeah it's disappointing yeah and then the final big takeaway from this, you can now give the immunity necklace away. Yeah. Weird thing to bring up. Weird thing to bring up in that it's not relevant here. Yes. It, it feels like something they should have said at, like, the top of the season almost. Sure. Instead of being like, Kathy, we haven't talked about this before, <laughs> but if you feel safe, you want to give that necklace to Boston Rob? I hey, mean, Kathy... Kathy, you want to give it to Boston Rob? Kathy, Boston Rob needs it. Kathy. They don't say give it to Boston Rob. They might as well have. <laughs> anyway, Kathy's like, no, I don't feel safe. Of course I'm not giving that away. And I don't think they had a good opportunity to say it earlier in the season, but you can give it away now. It will come into important effect later. I'm not saying this season, but it will be important later. And yeah, <laughs> we get to the vote. Boston Rob gets handed to him it was a five to two or no i have to do this math. three seven to two seven to two to, to one. one yeah because kathy votes for zoe kathy votes for zoe which sean robber alani yep kathy just showing that she has n no idea what's going on boston rob does a good job of advocating for himself he does a very bad job of making sure everyone's on the same page with him. Sure. So yeah, Boss and Rob, he gone. Does he return? He does return. Yeah. He's coming back in All-Stars. Fucking all -stars. shocking. I have a prediction. Okay. I think he makes final two in All-Stars. Ooh. Why, why do you say that? I just feel like 
from what he brought into this season, I feel like he is the type of person that will adjust into All-Stars. And because he didn't get very far, like so far the people we've seen that are going to All-Stars are Rich and Ethan and Lex and Colby and Tina. People that got really far. Mm-hmm. Boston Rob didn't make the jury. I think he's going to be underestimated. Mm. And seen as kind of a dumbass. <laughs> I think he can use that. Okay. And I think he will use that. Sure. Against people who are, quote unquote, better at the game. And, and people that are better. cocky. Yeah. Sure. Yep. I see what you're saying. Like, let me go this way. Pit Tina and Boss and Rob against each other. Who do you think does better? I mean, Boss and Rob would eat Tina alive. Exactly. But again... And Tina won! We didn't see this... The strategery that Tina had. That's fair. And I'm only working with what the editors gave us because I have nothing else to provide. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, man. There's something that tells me that like, Boston Rob's going to be better than going into the merge. Not just because I know his name. Because it doesn't matter. Like, even if he gets voted off like third vote into the season of All-Stars, he's an entertaining figure. So that could be the entire reason I remember his name. And also, I watched it as a child. Mm-hmm. I probably watched All-Stars when I was like, nine or something or like at least heard about it so i would have heard his name okay but doesn't necessarily mean he did a good job i but i do think like him compared to the people we've seen in all-star so far like i think he got fucked by the tribe he was in Mm -hmm. and i can see him doing a lot better than he did from what we've seen he tries to kind of like latch himself onto another person yeah like he kind of had that with Sarah a little bit. He tried to do it with Kathy. He He's had, done it with Sean. He did it with Sean. Yeah. Who, from what we've seen so far, who do you think is his person that he tries to latch on since you know... Oh. I mean, a majority of the cast now from All-Stars. Yeah, that's true. Honestly, Colby? Ooh, interesting. So not correct. But I, like, Colby's such a golden retriever that I could see Boston Rob fooling him and being like, nah, man, I've learned a lot. Like... <laughs> I'm reformed. I'm reformed. Yeah. <laughs> Cross my heart, hope to die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, who's your protagonist in the episode? It's split. Because Bo- it, it is Boston Rob partially because he goes home mm-hmm. and he does a lot this episode. But it's also Kathy. Yeah. I think they're 50-50 in this episode. Cool. Um, and trying to give it to one of them over the other would be doing a disservice. But if Kathy didn't win immunity, it would probably be her, her entirely because she probably would have gone home. <laughs> And we'd have seen a lot more of her. But, yeah, both Boston Rob's influence on her at the Ambassador Retreat and her own narrative is really compelling. Mm. Yeah. I won't give more information about Boston Rob because he is coming back and we will see him again. So, don't you worry. It's You'll get more. And now, the elephant in the room, Jared. You had predicted... <laughs> All three of them are gone! You had predicted three people... <laughs> Who are your potential winners this season? They're all gone. Uh, Carl, Tyler, and Josh, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Being so excited to hear this episode where I was horribly wrong. Hey, no, you guys, don't don't listen to him. We love you. But listen to me, and fuck you. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, who do I think's gonna win from this point on? Yeah, you, you need a new prediction. Yeah, all three of my original guesses are fucking gone. See, the easy choice feels like John because he's in the leadership position. Mm-hmm. But I think the game's been turned around enough on its head 
that I don't necessarily know that that's that he is going to be the winner this time. I feel like it's Tammy. Okay. We saw a good confessional of Tammy this episode. She's in the right mindset to win this game. And she's not drawn any aggro. I think John's drawn too much. I would not be surprised if he goes home in the next two or three episodes. Okay. I think Pascal and Leah will be voted off because they are too close to each other. Igor hasn't really gotten enough screen time for me to feel like he's the winner. Yeah. All right. That's my guess. Tammy. Tammy? Yeah. Cool. I know it's wrong. (laughs) Why do you say that? I just feel like it's wrong, but it feels like the most right. Okay. Yeah. Sure, why not? All right. Then let us end the episode with a bumper. Thank you for joining us on this, another episode of the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. (laughs) Jared's just staring at me, just with other disbelief. Boss and Rob's gone. Boss and Rob's gone. I can't believe it. Who knew everyone in this season knew they had agency and could get rid of the star? (laughs) Who knew when bullshit happens, you can get rid of the person causing the bullshit? Not anyone in the previous three seasons! (laughs) Uh, anything you'd like to promote? Yeah. I would like to promote getting drunk. <laughs> it's fun. Oh Do God. it. Unless you're unless you're somebody that has substance abuse issues, then like please don't. But if you're someone that doesn't have substance abuse issues, enjoy it. It's fun. I don't enjoy I I enjoy getting like tipsy. I don't enjoy getting drunk. Whatever level of inebriation is enjoyable for there, you. There is a level where I'm like, mm, I'm either going to sleep or I'm going to be a pile somewhere i don't like that i don't enjoy that again you're just staring at me with disbelief or i don't get it sure (laughs) i am going to promote nintendo direct yo the new the old fire emblems are on switch or gonna be on switch soon play sacred stones play fire emblem 7 even though ellawood is not in fire emblem engage do you have the the Switch online? No. <laughs> okay. I have the online and the expansion pass so I can play the N64 games. Here's the deal. I have played every single Fire Emblem game that has been localized into English. It is my favorite series. Hmm. I, in high school, got so far ahead in my music theory class that I spent three weeks playing Sacred Stones on an emulator on my phone because the tests were graded to me. <laughs> Even I, I am the curve. I am the curve. Uh, and then I fell behind and almost failed the class. But. God damn it, Jared. Those games are great. They are great. They're perfect. They're agonizing sometimes, but they're. Yes, but the ones that are agonizing, you can. They're now on emulators, so you can save them. It's true. Mid fucking run. And you can always decide. Like, you can bring down the difficulty. Yes. You can make it so that nobody permanently dies. So. Yes. I get, we're both playing the current one, yes. Fire Emblem Engage. Although I am playing on Hard Classic, and I'm like, this is too easy. <laughs> Where I'm, I'm on Hard Classic, and I'm just like chugging through a little bit. I'm usually pretty good at these, but this one, for whatever reason, is stumping me a little bit. I play XCOM on the hardest difficulty on Iron Man. That's fair. It's a, it's a certain level of hell. I'm also not using the abilities to the best of my ability. Sure. So that's on me for being like, 
I'm gonna play it like the old game, where I just use the, the guy, people have the weapons, and they use the weapons. Change Anna into an axe-wielding Pegasus Knight, and then give her the Three Houses bracelet. I did not pay for the DLC. I paid for the DLC. The DLC. The DILFs? The DILFs. Yes. Alright. For my co-host Jared, this is Steven. For my host Steven, this is Jared. Nobody cares about this except for us. So I, why are we even still talking? Bye-bye! <laughs> Bye-bye!